0: This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the L.A. Football Network. Stay diggy. And
1: hey, this is Chris the 2nd, Chargers outside linebacker, and make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Guys the Chargers Unleashed. Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes, we outside. Are
0: you checking in with Mike Williams from the L.A. Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Heffner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay after and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger, Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You would also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, happy Monday. Happy
1: Monday to you and Chargers fans worldwide. It's a great day.
0: Dan Wolkenstein, for the record, has not had his athletic greens yet, but you can tell the reason for his optimism because Charger fans everywhere got a little bit of a surprise nugget of news that we were not expecting this morning. Just a little nugget. As we know, the Chargers have been extensive over the last week and a half or so, as far as interviewing candidates for their vacant offensive coordinator position after uh, parting ways with Joe Lombardi, they have gone through, I believe it was five that they had fully come out and said that they had completed, was it six that they completed with? Okay, I forget the actual number, but I apologize. Uh, but after that whole process, there was a lot of speculation that we were expecting after championship weekend, that there would be some other possible candidates that were going to be on the horizon. And a name that we started hearing rumblings about yesterday morning, a little bit of a surprise, became official today because the Chargers decided to work very fast. But they announced this morning that Kellen Moore, the former offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, will now be the Chargers offensive coordinator uh, moving forward into this next season. So a lot of questions about it. Both sides of the ball, as far as people who are excited about it. Some people still have questions about it, uh, but we're going to break out answers in terms of lining up everything that Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco, mm-hmm. were talking about as far as what they needed for this search, this n- proverbial next gear that they needed to hit with this offense and so we're going to talk about this so we got to break all these things down what are the differences between Kellen Moore and Joe Lombardi and what this means for this Chargers offense moving forward so uh, before we get into it Dan and Wolkenstein I obviously know that you're ecstatic and ready to get into this right off the bat Uh, I don't know if there is much left that needs to be said
1: (laughs) Uh, no other than Chargers fans we got a good one Uh, For folks who are not familiar with Kellen Moore and his success in Dallas, just you wait if you know, you know. Uh, Kellen Moore, former quarterback, young, experienced head coach, also quarterback's coach in his past, uh, used to do stuff with Boise State, was in the coaching uh, cycle last year to become a head coach. Also this year, I believe, uh, interviewed with the Panthers to be head coach. Uh, He's a good one. And we'll talk about why he left Dallas and the implications there and why the Chargers scooped up on this so quickly? Uh, but Jake, we said over/under. I think I said seven and a half on the number of Chargers interviews done for this offensive coordinator position. I think they hit the under. I think, which is like shocking. Uh, real quick, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online, so we can get into all the exciting stuff that Callum Moore is about to be bringing to this Herbert-led offense. Let's go.
0: Well, we want to remind everybody once again that BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at BetOnline. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. So head on over to BetOnline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Online where the game
1: starts. So let's just get into this, Jake. Kellen Moore has slash had that Cowboys offense humming. And I'm not just talking, you know, normal stats like yards for rushing, passing. Like I'm talking the important ones. I'm talking like points per game. I'm talking third down percentage. Things like that where this, he's going into a team that A, Needs help in those categories or has guys, i.e. Justin Herbert, who has the lowest interception rate compared to a guy like Dak Prescott previously, who had among the highest interception rates in the NFL. And you look at like schematically how different this offense could look with Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore and the weapons around him versus what it looked like with Joe Lombardi. It's night and day. It's night and day. And so we're gonna get into like the statistics. We're gonna get into kind of the the ideas behind his scheme and what actually helps it be so successful, what to expect as well as we get into this offseason uh from him and maybe how they round out the staff. We'll see. But Jake, when the news came out that Kellen Moore was let go mutually, I think that's what perked my ears first. This wasn't a firing. And if you kind of look back over at what's happening in Dallas, you could argue Mike McCarthy, the head coach, is kind of on the hot seat. And news came out recently that he decided he wanted to make a change and call the offensive plays for the Cowboys. Now, call it a power struggle. Call it. Kellen Moore wants to move on, wants to kind of prove his worth somewhere else, get a new, you know, a refreshed area to go to. This was not a firing. This was not Kellen Moore didn't do well, wasn't a bad offensive coordinator. This is not that. This is a good offensive coordinator. I would argue a bad decision by Dallas. And you go look at the comments of some of the news releases coming out. Not everybody in Dallas is excited that Kellen Moore is no longer their offensive coordinator. Jake, what was kind of your overall 50-foot view synopsis of uh, him coming?
0: it's interesting, Dan, as we've been talking about all these candidates since the Chargers parted ways with Joe Lombardi, you realize you're really not going to be able to make everyone happy. Because you have your contingent of people, as the Chargers are going through their head coaching interviews, you know you have Zach R- Robinson, Thomas Brown, Greg Olson, and everybody's saying, like, can we not interview someone who Staley has had a cup of coffee with or is part of the Rams organization? Can we think outside the box, please? Can we get someone with maybe a little bit more experience?" And everybody has, you know, their proverbial favorites of who they would like it to come on board here. And this was a little bit of kind of a left turn that we found out that even before the. Kellen Moore and the Cowboys mutually parted ways that the charters had requested permission to interview him before that even happened, which is why this has taken place so fast in terms of him getting hired so quickly. So this taking place, Dan, I thought was kind of out of that realm as far as Staley going out and finding someone that is not necessarily who he had former coaching ties with um, someone who's actually experienced, has a great track record as an offensive coordinator in terms of what his offensive units has put up. I said this last week when we were going through this. Good offensive coordinators are normally coveted by their teams, which is why Dan is alluding to that this could be an interesting fine line mistake (laughs) by Dallas in terms of them parting ways here. Normally, and let's not forget, Kellen Moore, two years ago, interviewed for both the Minnesota and Miami Dolphin head coaching position before it was Kevin O'Connell and Mike and Jacksonville
1: and, and Jacksonville I had
0: forgotten Jacksonville. uh, But before he ended up, you know, before they went different directions with their head coaching hires, he was interviewed for the Carolina Panthers job this year for their head coaching coaching position before Frank Reich ultimately ended up getting hired for that role. So this is someone who has been in the head coaching ranks and conversations for the last couple years. And Jake, again,
1: let's, real quick, let's get into the Why? why he was going into the head coaching cycles. Like, I don't think people understand like how good he had this Cowboys offense going. We're talking about the fourth best Pat, the fourth best points per game on offense this year, the best yards per or excuse me, best points per game in the NFL last year. And I believe it was 17th three years ago, which was when Dak Prescott was hurt for the majority of the season. They had guys like Andy Dalton, Playing. And even this year, fourth in points per game, in which Doc Prescott was out for at least a month. We're talking about like efficiency. One of the things the Chargers lacked desperately was they got production in terms of yards. Justin Herbert, second most passing yards in the NFL. They were not scoring points. You have to turn it into points, or it doesn't matter. Look at red zone efficiency. Chargers were awful last year. Cowboys amongst the best in the NFL at red zone efficiency. There's a reason why we're not even getting into the schematics, which we'll get into in terms of like what makes it special, but the results that he has brought as an offensive coordinator stand on their own. And that's why he looked at highly regarded as a head coaching candidate and was shockingly available as an offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah. And then you, you said it, you know, just throwing out a couple handfuls of those stats though, but it's the, it's not like one year flash in the pan look what happened. It's the better part of four years of consistency in terms of what his offense has been able to do. Obviously, you look at the 2020 year, which is the year that Dak Prescott got injured, unfortunately, for them. But overall, as an offense and consistency goes, they are in the top 10, some top five consistently over his tenure at offensive coordinator. So, And you had mentioned a little bit there in terms of red zone efficiency, the Chargers definitely lacked in that area throughout this entire season. How about in terms of second quarter points, something the Chargers definitely lacked th- throughout this season, in terms especially when it comes to third quarter touchdowns that we were clamoring for. Oh, second half. It, second, or, half yes. second half, sorry. Yeah, it's not second quarter, second half. Uh, yeah, third quarter touchdowns and putting up points in the second half, just in general. They were one of the better teams that did that. Chargers were one of the worst. How about what to expect with, them mirroring the pass to the run. We know what the Chargers or what the Cowboys did with their running game. Two-headed monster at running back with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I have a feeling that you're going to see a lot more of those type of sets. Maybe even outside of Justin Kelly, maybe this is where you start implementing Isaiah Spiller into this offensive backfield a little bit more with Austin Eckler. So let's see what type of creativity can come of that. But Dan... You want you've been going through this X and, and O's wise, so we we the stats are impressive. The longevity and consistency from year to year basis is impressive. So, in terms of what you see when you put on some of this film and what you've gone back and watched games here, what is it that really stood out to you to say like, okay? That's something that we definitely didn't have this year. Let's implement some of that juice with Justin Herbert at the helm for this offense.
1: Oh, boy, Chargers fans, you're in for a treat to see what this offense is going to look like with Justin Herbert at the helm alongside Kellen Moore calling plays. One of the things that we all know Chargers were desperately without for the majority of this season past was the explosive plays creative plays, ways to get their, you know, playmakers in space for one-on-one mismatches. Uh Jake the Cowboys ranked 11th in explosive plays this past year, which again, explosive plays are 10-yard run or 20-yard pass plays. Chargers ranked 30th. So, if we could go from 30th to 10th in one season, huge win. We're talking like offensive ranked top 4 in both points per game and yards per game. Again, Points and yards; those are important. Uh, now, why? You know, I, I, I kind of find this interesting, Jake. Like, make no mistake about this. This is one hundred percent like a fast track for Kellen Moore to become a head coach in twenty twenty four. Mark my words; he's a head coaching candidate in twenty twenty four, largely because of what he did in Dallas, as well as what he's going to have at his disposal here with Justin Herbert. So what makes it so fun? So glad you asked, Jake. Uh, I watched three games on offense for him back in the Cowboys staff last year against the Niners in the playoffs, against the Vikings and Jaguars. Again, all three of these teams, playoff teams, all three of these teams have formidable defenses and not all of them are wins. They lost to the Niners in the playoff game, obviously. Uh, I believe they, and they lost to the Jaguars at the very end of the game uh, overtime thriller and then lost. And then they beat the Vikings in a route. Um, but I wanted to kind of get a sense for different types of games in a win or a loss in a ground and pound in a shootout, uh, which all three of these kind of had a little everything. The things that you will see all over the tape, when you watch a Kellen Moore offense, uh, you see quarterback in motion, i.e., Whether they're doing sweeps, whether they're doing play action, whether they're doing pitches, whether they're doing rollouts, bootlegs, you you name it. Quarterbacks moving. Go watch an offense any week in Dallas, and you'll see Dak Prescott out in space with a blocker at some point. Every single week, no questions asked. You'll also see lots of running back sets that are very, very effective. Usually, they have both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, which we'll get into kind of where I see that being used in LA in a second here. But on the whole, they are aggressive, and they go down the field. Like, when you hear Brandon Staley last year, Jake, talk about, like, we're going to throw this effing thing down the field, blah, 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 like, that's what the Cowboys offense looks like. I mean, you see CeeDee Lamb, you see Noah Brown going down back when it was obviously with uh, Amari Cooper. This offense was humming. Another thing, Jake, huge tight end focus. Creative ways to get tight ends in space. You see a lot of 12 personnel, two tight end sets. Curious to see what that looks like in LA, what that means for draft possibilities. Who knows? We'll get into that. Um, Also, love this, by the way, Jake. Uh, You see so many effective ways to use screens, both out of bunch formation. You'll see that a swing game. You'll even see some fake bubble screens, Jake. House calls that I've been clamoring for Justin Herbert to have for months now. The part that I think is most effectively and most necessary for this Chargers team that Dallas does very well is the run game. We know we're not going to be this, you know, Tennessee Titans style offense. It's going to be led by Justin Herbert. I get that. But the scheme in which that Kellen Moore gets their running backs up to the second level, is masterclass. And you see a lot of zone schemes, see a lot of gap schemes, which we'll get into kind of the technicalities at a later date, it's fine. But long story short, they create mismatches with their playmakers, and they create uneven approaches in terms of how many players they have blocking versus how many players that they are blocking. So, this running game is going to get better. I guarantee it. You're going to see more creativity. It's not going to be exactly like the Shanahan-McVay scheme that you heard a lot of people talk about clamoring for. Even Staley talked about it. But I think it's kind of a good thing in that he uses some of that as well as a lot of other different schemes. So it's kind of this um, nebulous where it can kind of do a bunch of stuff which I think is important. They're not really on brand as one thing, and then they can get boxed into that. I was incredibly excited for not just kind of the method in which that they would get downfield, but the different ways they would do it. They would throw it downfield deep shots. They would throw second level, which is something the Chargers were terrible at, was actually being effective and efficient at throwing it in the second level. But their running game was good. They were creative with the way they were using their quarterback. They were extending the playground, if you will. And it proved to provide results. Like it wasn't just a one, like you said, it wasn't a flash in the pan. This happened for four years that they were balling out. Former quarterback himself, you know, there's a connection there with Justin Herbert. Like there's so many things to be excited about. There were a lot of questions at first about like, you know, this is not a McVeigh guy. This isn't a Shanahan guy. But when you start watching what that offense does, is it perfect? No. Are there some things where some people could critique him? Sure. That's every offensive coordinator. In terms of mirroring what this coaching staff wants out of this offense, Kellen Moore, I think, is your guy. I don't know if there's a better option than Kellen Moore in terms of mirroring both experience and results in this cycle.
0: Everybody was saying that they wanted someone with a little bit more experience of the names that were available. Frank Reich probably would have been at the top of that list when you understood that Kellen Moore was becoming available. I mean, there's no question in terms of youth. He's four years younger than me, which is still freaking ridiculous. He's 33 years old. (laughs) And the fact that he has been an offensive coordinator of one of the best run offenses during that time frame is is still stupid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the same. So you have a blend of youth, creativity, experience, and the results that have come of it. This makes all the sense in the world. We're just on the surface level that the Chargers made it a a, a huge priority to pursue him as their offensive coordinator. Um, and correct me on that. He's 34. I apologize. He's only three years younger than me. Um, but one of the things that, Dan, that you, you think about when just – Taking this between Kellen Moore and Joe Lombardi, as far as just some of the creativity, dialing it up, getting it a little bit different looks for opposing defenses to look at. I mean, Dan, the mixture of no huddle that he has ran, motion, RPO, play action, you name it, this is all in there. Spread. Spread, spread. which we were talking about with the Buffalo Bills game in Miami when it was in the snow earlier on this season. And we were just saying, it's like, God, I would love to see a spread formation. One, of, And I forget how much he actually had ran of it this year. But in 2021, he ran this formation a lot. The quad formation. So you had four wide receivers to either side, and you had a one-on-one receiver to be isolated on the opposite side. For any of my movie aficionados, if you have all seen Varsity Blues, this was the oop-de-oop in the Jonathan Moxon-led offense. Four wide receivers overload the defense on one side, burn them one-on-one on the other. That's what this was. When the hell was the last time that you saw an offense look that creative in this type of system with Justin Herbert at the helm? So I think the excitement that I get of something like that, Dan, is we're talking about utilizing a hell of a lot more weapons than just your top three receivers and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer. It's utilizing, hey, maybe we'll actually have five wide receivers activated for a, a, a game on a week-to-week Or business.
1: Justin Herbert's legs can be used as a You weapon. know,
0: that would be very nice to see. So, again, these possibilities here. Dan, you go into the whole aspect about what they do with the tight ends. Their tight ends are responsible for blocking. And Kellen Moore made sure that in the formations that they ran, that their tight ends got wide open. You talk about some they better more catch people, too. They better catch puts them in position to get open, to get into isolated coverages from opposing defenses. He did that. The running back aspect that you mentioned with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, Dan, there are plays that he has run historically with both of them in the backfield. Zeke is running almost what looks to be like it's going to be a. Uh, almost a a reverse type play. And as he's going out, Pollard's mirroring him and he's right there for the run pass option and he dishes it out to him and Pollard ends up going for another seven yards for the first down. Wouldn't it be nice to see Austin Eckler in the backfield with an Isaiah Spiller or a Joshua Kelly and run some of those more two back formations with a little bit more diversity to confuse defenses?
1: Jake, Eric Smith for the Chargers. Dallas had the NFL's second-half offense in 2022 at 13.8 points per game. That's the best in the NFL. The Chargers, 28th in points per game in the second half. Dallas, you mentioned this before, Dallas also had fifth-best offense in the third quarter at 6.1 points per game. The Chargers, as we know, 29th last year. It's a very different crew. It's a very different crew. And I know I'm generally the optimist, so I get excited about... Generally. I get excited about a lot, but I'm genuinely pumped for this after kind of peeling back the layers to see what this looks like. Now, a couple questions. Like, I'm curious to see how that Cowboys run game transfers over to the Chargers. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, great one-two tandem. Austin Eckler... Dot, dot, dot. We don't know. Like, we don't know what that second power side is going to look like. They run a lot of power-heavy schemes, too, for running games, which is important. Works great when you have an Ezekiel Elliott. When you don't, it's a little hard. So we'll see. Uh, I do love that they use kind of a blend of a bunch of different types of running schemes. I don't know what that's going to look like. Like, they have, like, those zone reads and option concepts with, like, Dak Prescott with, like, a blocker out in front. Love that. Curious to see like Xander Horvath on that side. it will be kind of cool to see like gap and zone run heavy scheme, but like, it's not just one style. They kind of use a lot of things to kind of get their offensive line at an advantage, but I'm curious what that looks like And you look at kind of the, the similarities in style. So on offense for the Cowboys, you had CD lamb balling out everywhere. You know, CD lamb and Mike Williams are not the same player, but I see very similar styles in which they were used in their offenses. So I could see Mike Williams just going ballistic in this new offense, but I don't know. They didn't have you know, they had a Amari Cooper style, you know, route running prowess, Keenan Allen, same thing. I mean, when they had both of those guys, they were the best offense in the NFL. Give me that.
0: I I think we need to also clarify something, Dan, because it's yes. As far as like Helen Moore goes for someone who is creative It checks the box in terms of the mixture of plays and formations that he's able to bring to an offense. I think we need to make sure that we explain this. This is not going to turn into an error rate offense. So it's, it's not going to be Justin Herbert bombing it down the field all the time that people were clamoring for. But in terms of efficiency, diversity in play calling, creativity in play calling, being able to confuse opposing defenses, not being predictable in your play calling and your run-of-the-mill offense, same type of plays being called. How about involved, getting all of your players to contribute? That was one thing that Kellen Moore did fantastic yes. uh, or, or was fantastic at. Uh, look at Noah Brown. I mean, one of the more kind of unsung <laughs> names of that offense when you talk Good about Lord. the likes of Steak, Pollard, CD and what they have there. But in terms of getting all of their weapons involved so that they can move down the field efficiently and score. Like I said, I would love to be talking about a bigger season for Joshua Palmer next year. I'd be like, I would really enjoy talking about how our fourth and our fifth wide receivers are contributing in this offense. And to me, this opens up that possibility. So does it have to be, you know, Justin Herbert with the howitzer every single play? No, it doesn't have to be. But it opens up the opportunities I think that Brandon Staley was trying to look for this year that just did not end up materialize. I think Kellen Moore with Justin Herbert at the helm, let's just let's be honest, I think from a quarterback standpoint, he upgraded with the number of weapons around him. Let's no just say that that's it's pretty damn good to go from a Dallas Cowboys offense with the weapons that they have. To a Justin Herbert led offense with the weapons that you have and potentially could still get to reinvent this offense. So there's reason to be ex- excited, but just many reasons. Understand what it is that you're going to see at the end of the day.
1: It's going to be interesting. And I say that a lot, but like you think about the things that Chargers fans were clamoring for, clamoring for, and hoping, crossing their fingers, praying for all season. Can we please get some bootlegs? Can we please see some like, Pre-snap motion. Can we please see some creativity? Can we please see Justin Herbert moving around with his legs? Can i a feeling you see, might see that now. You will see all of that. Like, you'll even see, like, flip plays that you see happening from, like, the likes of the Eagles and the Chiefs where they run those – where Mahomes will see flip to, like, four different guys throughout the season in front of him. You'll see that this coming season. You'll see play action. You'll see the bubble screens that go for pump fakes all of a sudden wide open over the top to Michael Williams. You'll see this stuff. And you see it with Dallas when you turn on the tape and watch. Are they perfect? No. Do they have bad weeks? We all do. But comparing and contrasting the style to what Joe Lombardi did, again, I'm not saying Joe Lombardi is a bad offensive coordinator, but I am saying I believe it was not the the greatest fit for what the Chargers and Justin Herbert can do. Kellen Moore is, and again, remember, Go back to when Staley was looking for his offensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi was not his first choice, nor was he his second. I would argue that Kellen Moore was probably an option that they realized going into it might be available. And if so, he might be at the top of their list. And as soon as he was released mutually from the Cowboys, bam. Jake, one of the things that I saw, I was listening to Matt Money Smith and Chris Harry on their charges weekly. And they were talking about the OC candidates and kind of where we were at so far. Obviously this is before Kellen Moore was hired. And Matt Money Smith said something that stuck with me. He was, they were talking about all the candidates and he said, the one thing I'm a little, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically the one thing I'm concerned about or that worries me is like you saw it with Brandon Staley. When Brandon Staley was brought into the building, they would not let him leave without signing on the dotted line. Like, he was staying. They loved what they saw. They wowed, they were wowed, and he was kept. Up until today, Chargers, we talked about it, five, six, whatever, how many interveners they had, they all walked away. Now, is that because they were waiting on a guy like a Frank Reich, a Kellen Moore, maybe someone from the championship game? Who knows? Nobody wowed them enough to keep him. But then you fast-forward to Kellen Moore, literally a day after he was mutually... Let go slash parted ways, signed. Now, I should say signed, agreed to terms. I will have a victory uh, glass of something once I see the pen hit the paper, but they were wowed by Kellen Moore and they moved quickly when they found what they wanted. And I thought that was interesting. And it proved to be so true when you fast forward 24 hours and you see Kellen Moore get hired that fast. You just kind of look at the dynamic, Dan,
0: because as you were mentioning, Joe Lombardi wasn't the first, second or third choice for Brandon Staley for the offensive coordinator position. And we do have to go back and remember that when that announcement came down, that Joe Lombardi was going to be the the new offensive coordinator for this, uh, for this team, for the chargers. I remember all the things trickling in all the criticisms, all the questions. And, you know, we just believed because he was part of that Sean Payton system and who he was able to lead to, uh, you know, at, at quarterback there, that, They were efficient enough that what, in terms of wins and losses, what they were able to do. Unfortunately, that didn't end up translating over to the Chargers when he came over. Now you have someone with a resume like Kellen Moore. Normally someone with the resume of Kellen Moore who has had head coaching interviews and is this efficient when it comes to production on offense, normally they don't make lateral moves like this for someone in that position. So you have to take that into account because everybody is looking for the next and upcoming hot name that's going to be that coordinator. And the Chargers were doing their due diligence in that category. But when this came available, and the, when the Chargers got wind that the Dallas Cowboys were going to part ways with Kellen Moore, Ugh. you see how quickly they that they jumped on this for the, for this type of an opportunity. And Dan, you may be complete, You may be completely right that this may be. I mean, let's. This could be go a number of different ways. This may be a one and done year with Kellen Moore, depending on how the offense produces in 2023. It could go a lot of different directions as far as his tenure with the Chargers. But I would have to assume that with what he has done with the Dallas Cowboys, again, it's is
1: it flawless? Not entirely. There's some things that Kellen Moore, I would think, would be able to learn from. I mean, just if you want to if you want to be funny, whatever, just go look at the last play. Exactly.
0: That's the one that's being that's the one that's being touted kind of the fear. most. That's the one that's being touted the most, as far as oh y'all happy with your new offensive coordinator because of this play? Look, come on, bigger picture here. Let's let's think about. We've this.
1: seen our own as watching this Chargers fan. Like, Absolutely, we we, we, we saw
0: we saw some <laughs> terrible play calling just <laughs> in that playoff loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars for crying out loud. So we're no strangers to that. But it just big big picture of things. I think in terms of the check marks of the things that. Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley. And let's not forget Justin Herbert's off input on this in terms of what they were looking for for a coordinator to hit that Brandon Staley quote next level on the offensive side of the ball. This could be a, a great fast track to get there.
1: Yeah. Here's another statistic for you. I've read this. Uh, Justin Herbert's intended air yards per pass attempt was 31st in the NFL, ahead of only Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan. Doc Prescott, Ranked 10th this season in that same statistic. So 10th in air guards per attempt. And the last time Dak Prescott was fully healthy, which was in 2019, he ranked fifth. Fifth versus 31st. So folks are wanting, clamoring for deeper shots down the field, you know, exposing soft spots in the coverage. Like, this is your guy. This is your guy. And now he gets to have the likes of, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, like Corey Lindsley, Justin Herbert, Gerald Everett, like th- there's a reason why he picked this.
0: I mean, it could, let, let's be honest. There's a great reason I think why he decided to do this move, Dan. It, you you have to believe that this could be his opportunity for a fast-tracking, a head, a head coaching opportunity. Put yourself in his shoes. Absolutely. Right. So, that, Which is why I brought up this a second ago. It could be a one-and-done year between Kellen Moore and the Chargers. So let's let's just keep that in mind. But while he's here, as far as what could ultimately develop with this offense, is definitely something to be excited about.
1: So, uh, Jake, I know it's just a little nugget. Chargers' offense might look a little different. We finally see what looks to be their new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, former Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, former quarterbacks coach, formerly in the running for head coaching opportunities in both college and NFL ranks. Very successful, both statistics and in personnel. The new Chargers offensive coordinator agreed to terms today. Uh, Jake, it's a good day. It's a great day. Now, the thing I'm curious about, is what happens next. Because it's not just Kellen Moore who's going to be coming in here on the offensive coaching staff. That's new. They currently don't have a quarterback's coach. They currently don't have a passing coordinator. There probably are going to be some other changes. Could we see some of these guys that they've interviewed come in and get promoted to one of those with a Kellen Moore? We'll see. Is it someone else? Is he going to be retaining some of his Dallas staff? Not sure. Lots of questions, but we know at the top what Kellen Moore is wanting to do. We also know that he does not sit in the booth. He is down on the field every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, which I think is helpful. You get a feeling for the game. How do you see this playing out? Where do you see this going next? (sighs) Where,
0: Where this tells me that this could go, Dan, and obviously it'll be interesting to see how this coaching staff is rounded out, but I have a feeling that you bring someone in with this type of resume as an offensive coordinator. And if you start assessing what this roster looks like, let's just isolate it on the offensive side of the ball. Whether we're talking about free agency or in the draft, I don't, I think that as far as, Kellen Moore coming to the team in terms of coaching goes, that's one piece to the puzzle in terms of hitting the next gear. It's like an an offensive There are layers. Yes. You peel this away and you start thinking about it. Now, not that it's obviously gospel that it's going to happen, but in terms of the priority of getting Justin Herbert more weapons from an offensive perspective.
1: Say it again. Say it again.
0: Free agency, the draft. I think that you can consider this maybe step one in terms of saying, okay, let's reprioritize our, our investment in our franchise quarterback. We did that with the offensive line already. Now let's do it with the skill positions. So is wide receiver slash tight end going to be highly prioritized for the Chargers in this offseason? Time will tell.
1: Whew you can tell Jake is pumped with his draft talk. Now you just itching. I can't honestly, I am so ready to get into this draft talk with some of these positions. Uh, and I was trying to be subtle, but apparently it wasn't not so subtle and that's okay. That's why we love you. Uh, Chargers new era of offense begins soon. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even think he's, you know, signed anything yet, but he's agreed to the term. So we'll see. But in theory, uh, off season training camp, All that jazz OTAs are going to look a hell of a lot different. And it will be interesting, Jake, just one little nugget. I can't wait for the offseason training camp, OTAs, all that jazz, to see Brandon Staley, Ronaldo Hill defense versus Kellen Moore offense. Like, you know, there's some pride involved there. (laughs) And like, when you have good on good, that's important. And so we're going to see some fireworks there. I don't see either of those sides back and down. And I do think, I think Matt Money Smith talked about this too. Having a good offensive coordinator that brings in a scheme that allows you to have possibly a much better running game. Not only does that improve your offense, but it also improves your defense. Like if your defense is able to go up against a good running game, in practice, they should improve on Sundays. But if your running game is not good, what does your defense have to go up against? So I hope to see that kind of rising tide raises all boats go into effect here too. Um, Jake, anything else you want to talk about with our great friends other than the fact that the Chargers offense just got better? Well, from a,
0: from a coaching standpoint, it sounds like they got better. Let's see what happens when we come to Sundays next year. Let's Let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. But we're still looking to fill out the rest of the coaching staff here over these next couple of weeks. We obviously have a lot to look forward to for you draft aficionados. I would highly recommend getting to your television this week, watching the East West Shrine game, watching the upcoming uh, senior bowl. The chargers covet a lot of players. And that has been proven over the last couple of years that play in the senior bowl. So watch out for it. So a lot to do as we get more and more into the depths of this offseason as far as draft talk goes, free agency goes, we'll have a lot to talk about, but You know, in terms of Monday goes, Dan, this wasn't a bad one. This was a
1: good Monday. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Please, if you're here still, make sure to do us a favor. Go hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Uh, Can't wait to go into this more. Can't wait to see what happens next with this offensive staff. Until then, we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.